0: using AI to prevent and detect epidemics. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Seth Siegel, North American Head of AI Consulting at Emphasis. Welcome, Seth.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: What is Emphasis known for?
1: We're known for uh, being at the intersection of delivering great technology and platforms with uh, advisory services. So we deliver services to the world's best brands and the most trusted clients, brands that you use on a daily basis, companies that you interact with uh, across the world. And we are very proud of our position of being one of the uh, largest service providers in the world with over 245,000 employees.
0: So with the coronavirus in the headlines, tools to prevent and detect epidemics can save lives and minimize global disruption. From a technical standpoint, How does artificial intelligence help accomplish this?
1: There is a great emerging field in AI called Federated AI that allows for anonymized data to come from many sources. As we know in artificial intelligence, it's important to be more intelligent than artificial. Or as I was recently told, um, machine learning involves Python. AI involves PowerPoint. So we have to make sure that what we're doing is, is bringing actual value. So in the AI ML space, We think that there's a lot of opportunities for health data to be anonymized using federated techniques to allow us to be able to come up with new data sets that we need to be able to uh, synthesize, whether it's um, uh, new vaccines, whether it's be able to do risk analysis. The fact of the matter is, when you look in the AI space, what matters is the quality and size of your data sets. As an example, there's a reason why we don't see true breakthroughs in mammograms. Uh, in uh, AI uh, anomaly detection. It's because over 70% of mammograms are conducted on white northern European women. And so unless you fall in that cohort, when if we were to run analysis on a mammogram, for instance, from a woman that's from sub-Saharan Africa, it may not pick up and probably will not pick up uh, uh, the necessary uh, issues as they exist. So also from AI techniques, what we're seeing is uh, data being freed up uh, in order to allow for rapid uh, trying of, um, uh, rapid tries of vaccines. And we're noticing that a firm in Boston today on uh, 225 announced that they have a uh, possible vaccine already uh, for the coronavirus.
0: So how is AI helping to track the spread of the virus?
1: Really interesting. So we know that social media data is incredibly noisy. So what we use is we use AI and ML techniques to be able to find the needle in the stack of needles, as we like to say. So what we're looking for is uh, um, what is the social media analysis telling us around whether it's WeChat in China uh, or other Facebook or other channels that are easy to get access to to be able to run analysis, to be able to see what are people talking about. When can we start to see local clusters emerge? How do you manage out bots or repeated posts or false information that is uh, can be easily propagated by third parties or by uh, other nation states? So we have to make sure that we're cleansing social data. There was a company in Canada that actually detected coronavirus on social media networks in mid-December, a full three weeks before it hit the uh, major uh, mass news organizations. And they did that by constantly looking for opportunities and information within social media. And when they noticed that there was a spike of certain references to a disease in the Wuhan uh, province, they were able to then uh, be able to pull that up with correlated information around health services, whether there was news blackouts, whatever have you.
0: What's being done in AI currently to to combat ep- epidemics?
1: Well, it, it's important for us to understand that in epidemiology, there, there's local, uh, and there's a difference between an epidemic and a pandemic. Pandemic, which is what coronavirus is very quickly uh, becoming, is a disease that rapidly expands uh, throughout the world. What we know in pandemics is pandemics uh, like the flu. There's a reason why every year we hear the flu starts in Asia, then it goes to Australia and it comes to the US. It has a lot to do with understanding where your risk profiles are, where your risk clusters are. So what AI is allowing us to do is being able to synthesize data from, uh, um, in a federated manner from uh, medical facilities at a far faster pace so we are able to figure out where we may see epidemics or pandemics uh, emerging. In addition, what we're also able to do is to rapidly iterate uh, via machine learning techniques to be able to try out many, many different uh, combinations uh, and rapidly synthesize them. Uh, before we actually have to go to making vaccines or going uh, towards treatment. So, for instance, on the coronavirus, when we look at the research coming out of Australia right now, it seems to be more indicative of a flu. Uh, and if you look at the cohort of people that are uh, um, have died from uh, coronavirus, they would often be in the cohort that you would see dying from a typical influenza outbreak. Healthcare workers, the old and the young.
0: How can AI assist in protecting business assets in a time of crisis like this? Really
1: interesting question. Uh, Where AI, uh, the real protection of business assets are going to come from, it's looking at how you can have supply chain diversification. So uh, a great example is when we start to see Apples and the Nikes of the world talk about how uh, they have a lot of concentration areas in China and South Asia that all of a sudden get disrupted. It's important to have a diversified supply chain. And also understand how you can dynamically handle your uh, uh, planning, your dynamic planning, which is really where AI would step in. It's how do you do dynamic line planning, how do you do merchandise planning, how do you do supply uh, chain uh, risk analysis in, in a far more dynamic uh, perspective? and also uh, it requires companies to start treating uh, supply chain risk as something that is as important as any other business continuity risk that, that exists. And so a real lesson from coronavirus is how can you have uh, a diversification in your supply chain because it's important to remember before coronavirus there was MERS the middle eastern respiratory syndrome coming out of saudi arabia which by the way has a far higher fatality rate uh, as reported over coronavirus uh, we had sars before that we've had h1n1 one we have had a uh, uh, pig and bird flu so these are things that we see on a fairly regular basis so it's not that we've gone years without seeing something Um, Typically, what you'll see is every two to four years is about what it feels like where we're seeing uh, something that would cause a disruption within a supply chain. And so we need to use AI to be able to not run prediction just on supply chain, but also, for instance, uh, how it would help with uh, food safety as well. And so all of these things are incredibly interconnected.
0: Are there any issues related to sharing data from different countries?
1: Huge issues. Uh, The the most success we've had is with federated models is within countries. Uh, However, that's why you have organizations like the World Health Organization that has the ability to go across many uh, countries where you can get them to report data. So it's how are you looking at the WHO data? How fast is the data provided to the WHO? Um, How can we actually make sure that we can rapidly uh, process, run analysis and really start to look for those interconnectedness? Because one of the problems that AI has and we need to understand it's still in the nascent stage of AIML, is people confuse causality with correlation. And it's important that you don't find an answer of correlation where one does not exist. And you really focus on uh, both causality and correlation. And when we look at lineal regression models, it's something that we see a huge issue with is often getting those two things confused or often not being able to find them. So for instance, when you look at coronavirus, we don't know where it came from. Uh, and when you look at what's reported in the media, saying, oh, it came from a meat market within the Wuhan province, it was very quickly debunked, very quickly debunked. Uh, now there was a belief maybe it came from a pangolin, which is one of the most trafficked animals in the world. But we don't know where it came from. We also don't know where SARS came from. We don't know where uh, MERS came from. These are, we don't necessarily find patient zero or that construct of the immediate uh, space.
0: Seth Siegel, North American Head of AI Consulting at Emphasis. If somebody wants to connect with you, Seth, or maybe your are Stack, how can they do that?
1: It, just go to Emphasis.com and come see us, or I'm available at LinkedIn at uh, Seth
0: Siegel. Sounds good. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.